0: Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. Today, Tom Horn, Terry Cook, and James Collins look at the latest technology that could be used to fulfill Bible prophecy. First, though, a few thank yous are in order. Thank you to everyone who participated in our Summer Online Prophecy Conference. Folks from all over the country logged on and watched some of the nation's top teachers. I also want to say thank you to everyone who has begun to respond to our brand new Faithful Friends initiative. Faithful Friends are individuals and families who come alongside Watchmen on the Wall with a monthly financial gift. Whether it's $10 or $100 per month, it all goes to help Watchmen on the Wall continue to proclaim the truth. Call 1-800-652-1144 and find out the benefits of becoming a Faithful Friend today. 1-800-652-1144. One more thank you before we begin. Thank you to our hard-working Watchmen on the Wall staff. Because of their dedication, our online resource center now has over 1,000 items, over 1,000 books and DVDs for you, your family, and your church. Check out these outstanding items on our website, swrc.com. That's swrc.com. Co-host James Collins comes now with today's special guest to discuss the burgeoning technology that could be used as the mark of the New World Order.
1: The Bible teaches that a man is coming on the scene. This man will be the ruler of the One World Government during the seven-year tribulation period. He is known as the Lawless One. The Antichrist, the beast. The Bible says that the beast will control all the buying and selling in the world. For years, scholars have debated on how one man could control all the buying and selling. After all, the technology to do so was not in place. But it is today. Today on The Watchman on the Wall, I'll be speaking with Terry Cook and Tom Horn about their outstanding book, Beast Tech. Let me start with Terry. It seems as if today our freedoms are being taken away by our own government. What is with this push toward a one-world totalitarian government?
2: It's being called the New World Order. I call it the New World Disorder because the whole world is about to be turned upside down into total chaos. What this paradigm shift is about to do is take us from God's Old World Order of some degree of sanity and objectivity and normalcy into a satanic new world disorder. And that's where Satan turns the entire world upside down, makes it desperate in order for it to need him. And that's when he appears on the stage and presents himself as the so-called Prince of Peace and uh, initiates all kinds of problems that makes the world demand a problem solver, a messiah, a false messiah who will bring a false period of peace and inaugurate the seven-year tribulation
1: period. The Bible speaks about a hostile government that takes control in the last days. It seems that the stage is being set for total government control. You write about that in Beast Tech. Do you think we're there?
2: Absolutely. And I think we can support both scripturally and secularly in the following definitions. Now, you are the theologian and the expert at that. I'm a New World Order criminal investigator and a retired Los Angeles County deputy sheriff and spent a number of years in law enforcement and have a degree in criminal law from California State University. I've actually arrested people for such conspiracies, criminal conspiracies, so I think I'm somewhat qualified, at least superficially, to define what a conspiracy is. And here's the thing that gets me. I listen to radio programs day after day after day, you know, conservative and liberal and everything. I drive and I listen to programs. I read articles from numerous sources and they all talk about conspiracy nuts, conspiracy wackos conspiracy theorists and so on they don't know what they're talking about honestly over the last 20 years i've never really ever heard one conservative talk show host except me stop people from discussing whether or not there's a conspiracy without defining it because most people they just don't know what they're talking about they just label you as a conspiracy nut in order to discredit you from knowing too much
1: so let's define the word conspiracy For there to be a conspiracy, there has to be two or more people involved, correct? Well,
2: yeah, the law breaks it down as follows. And then, of course, you can back it up spiritually. Scripture confirms there is going to be an end times conspiracy where the Antichrist causes all to receive the mark of the beast and so forth. But let's talk about Satan's human agents and what they're doing briefly, okay? Because Satan has agents and God has agents. We're God's agents here. But Satan has them, too. And if you don't believe the devil exists, then I beg you just to check into the Los Angeles County Jail for about a week, and I absolutely guarantee you'll change your mind. <laughs> so a conspiracy by criminal law definition, get Black's Law Dictionary, go online. And a conspiracy is basically defined three simple ways where you have two or more people. You can't do a conspiracy alone. can't go into the closet with me, myself, and I and do a conspiracy. You have to have at least one other person do it with you. Now, the second element of a criminal conspiracy is that you have to plan it with this other person or more. You have to have two or more people plan something illegal. Now, it can't be legal, it has to be illegal. For example, you and I go into the office and we discuss and make an agreement to bake someone a cake. Is that a conspiracy? No, because it's not illegal. Now, let's take it a step further. Say, uh, you and I were terrorists or uh, jihadists or whatever, and you and I went into that same office and discussed how to put a bomb into that cake and blow up a building or uh, or somebody else. Now we have crossed the line from baking a cake to a baking a bomb cake. And that's a conspiracy because it's illegal. Now, this new world government that's coming is being called the New World Order, and it's been called that for 200 years. Satan's people have been putting it together for the last 200 years, it started in Europe under Adam Weishaupt who founded the Illuminati but now it's in its final act I call it an act because it's really a script it's been pre-written for years and we're in the final act of the New World Order coming together the New World Order after 25 years of investigation I've defined as global communism and of course Karl Marx was a Satanist he invented communism as it were Marxism which became communism and so communism is really satanism in disguise it's a political label it's world communism but satan's behind it all so the devil's behind it the devil made him do it as flip wilson used to say and here we are in a global government of world communism i.e world satanism under the antichrist and he's going to force us to take a chip and it is a conspiracy it's criminal because it basically does away with the u.s constitution and puts us into world government and that's treason
1: well, let's bring your co author into the conversation. We're talking about the book Beast Tech by Terry Cook and Tom Horn. Let's bring Tom Horn in now. The things that you write about in Beast Tech are happening so fast, it's scary, isn't it?
3: Well, I'm just a guy who is interested in prophecy, but I'm also interested in civil liberties. Terry, me, and other thoughtful Americans have been concerned lately when you see, like, the NSA encroachments in and against our civil liberties and making the argument that they ought to have the right uh, without a court order to be able to listen to our conversations and monitor our conversations. And so you have that kind of encroachment through the use of technology, you know, the title beast tech, which implies it will be technology that also will be used by an end time system.
1: It is hard to believe that we have come to a place where we have the technology to control the global population, isn't it?
2: It is frightening. It's frightening for all of us. We're just human beings. But we rest in the peace and comfort of our Lord Jesus Christ, and He's appointed us to be watchmen on the wall. And if we don't warn and tell our people, then we're held accountable for that because He's given us this wisdom. The book of Daniel talks about that. There'll be a certain group of people in the end times that'll have this wisdom So we're watchmen on the wall. We're warning that these things are coming because the Lord's appointed us to do so. We're not fearful per se. Yeah, it's scary, but we shouldn't be fearful because the Lord told us not to be so. But he did tell us that very bad times are coming and we are warning that very bad times are coming. Indeed, they're coming. So the technology, think about this for a moment. Most people for the last 20 years or so have become aware of RFID, radio frequency identification technology, that's pretty much been injected into animals uh, for the last 20 years. The bottom line is most people now are familiar with the technology where they can go down to their veterinarian and have their animal injected with an ID chip. Now, think about this for a moment. It's all electronics. The data goes into technology databases. And where does that stuff go? Well, today it's being called the cloud. Back when I wrote my first book, I forecast that the way things were looking, all computers in the world, the private, the government, the corporate would somehow in a few years be interacting and connected. I was absolutely right, but I didn't know it was going to be called like it is today, the cloud internet system. And that's what it's being called, the cloud, because everything's interconnected. Everything via satellites and cell phones and Google and DARPA and NSA. And by the way, it's all being called biometrics, which basically means that your biology is analyzed and you're identified via your eye scan, via your voice print, the veins in your face, your facial features, and so on, your fingerprints, your blood DNA, everything. You're identified very specifically, kind of like DNA identifies every individual specifically, but in these terms, you're identified via the cloud computer system, which is controlled by the NSA.
1: Tom, you write in Beast Tech about digital tattoos. What exactly is a digital tattoo?
3: One of the ones that's out there is called MC10 that everybody's talking about right now. MC stands for Microsoft Corporation. So you have very giant corporations that are investing in this technology. It appears very simple. You put this, it's a flexible circuitry is what it is. It goes on your arm or your hand or wherever they're going to eventually put this. And it is powered by the heat from your body. If people want to go to the website for that book, Beast-Technology.com, there's videos over there where you can see this technology being illustrated, and in one of them you'll see the former director of DARPA, a woman by the name of Regina Dugan, and she's got one on her arm. And she's talking about how this thing's wonderful, everybody's going to want it. It gives you superpowers, she says, because now. As you walk into a federal building, you don't need to present any kind of identification. This thing is interacting wirelessly with their systems. When you walk through that door, you're on the screen. It knows who you are. It's already authenticated you. It's partly using biometric retinal scans or, again, fingerprints or blood samples or whatever's been taken in the past. The same thing. Let's say Regina Dugan is in a car accident. She's unconscious. She's rushed to a hospital. She's pulled into the hospital. They scan the Thing. they've got all of her health information they've got everything about her it's wonderful technology right she's not even conscious but we've got all of the permission papers that everything is on file another video over there is IBM this one will scare you because it shows this guy in a store it looks like he's a thief right and he's grabbing stuff and he's shoving it into his coat and whatever and he goes walking out of the store without ever stopping at a register but as he walks out Bingo! He himself, his bank, has the transactions already happened. It's been taken off of his credit card, and IBM is celebrating what a wonderful world of tomorrow we're going to have. Well, I guess in some ways, maybe, but what concerns us is the book of Revelation and the book of prophecy, and how we know that there is a system that is coming without which nobody will be allowed to buy or sell. So now we're talking, right? Transactions, banking, all of this kind of thing, but it won't happen unless you've received a mark. There's another piece of technology that's coming, and this is called the Proteus Digital Pill. The company is Proteus Digital Health. are one of the leading companies, and this is an edible microchip. So you get up every morning when you're taking your vitamins, you swallow your Proteus Digital Pill. Your stomach acids not only eat away the outside covering, but also Power, the digital pill, and it does everything that the flexible tattoo can do. Now you can bank, you're authenticated is the term they use now. They don't like to use that word identification.
1: Just amazing. That technology is mind-blowing, but we haven't even scratched the surface. Terry, this almost seems like something from a science fiction movie. There have been hundreds of movies over the years where computers become so advanced that they develop consciousness and they try to take over the world.
2: Strange you should mention that these D-Wave brand, and by the way, that's a Canadian firm that started out in California, and a kid from UCLA in quantum physics went up to the Silicon Valley, got some money there from DARPA, and got $20 more from a private investor in Canada, so the company D-Wave is now in Canada. Now... It's interesting you should say that because that's exactly what this computer does. It has artificial intelligence that even has the capability of reprogramming itself based upon its own needs as it goes along. And it's so mind-boggling. The first computer from the D-Wave company was sold to Google and NASA for $10 million. That was in 2011. So this facility that's going in in Bluffdale, Utah, will be the most advanced supercomputer facility in the world.
1: The Bible describes in Revelation 13 a conspiracy between the false prophet and the Antichrist. Their conspiracy leads to the entire planet taking the mark of the beast in order to buy or sell. Isn't that what your book Beast Tech is really all about? The scripture
2: regarding the mark of the beast, Revelation 13 verses 16 through 18, actually says you're absolutely correct. This conspiracy is so huge, people just reject it because they can't get their arms around it. Okay, It's taken me 25 years to truly get my arms around it, and I think I'm at the top of the tree trunk that's not so thick. But let me tell you, it's going on, folks, and if you reject that, then you're simply not weighing the evidence as an attorney would in a court of law, you see. And that's what our book, Beast Tech, is going to prove to you. We've been doing this for many, many years. Tom was a pastor for 25 years and so on. He is one of the most brilliant minds I've ever met. And so we've put together here, essentially, we're presenting a criminal law case against the Antichrist in this book, Beast Tech, because we prove to you beyond a reasonable doubt that this thing is happening. In a court of law, in a civil case, you sue somebody, that burden of proof, it's called evidence burden of proof, that's called something different than criminal law. Criminal law, the burden of proof is beyond a reasonable doubt. In other words, if you want to send somebody to the chair, you have to prove it beyond any reasonable doubt. So that's how you have to do it. Now, in a civil court, you have a different scale. That's called a preponderance of the evidence where you only need to prove a case to win 51% or more. In a criminal court, it's beyond a reasonable doubt. Now, I say all that because we've proven in Beast Tech that this New World Order Beast Tech system under the Antichrist is here beyond any reasonable doubt.
1: Isn't all this technology actually taking away much of our freedom? actually the erosion of
2: any degree of freedom whatsoever. We're going into an electronically controlled system of global bondage, electronic bondage, whereby everything we think, everything we do, everything we know is being profiled with quantum computers, and we're being biometrically identified like no other time in world history we're talking about biometrics this and biometrics that and voice prints and eye scans and fingerprints and DNA and on and on and on. Here's what I discovered in my investigation of the national security at their headquarters facility in Fort Meade. They have an adjacent office there at the NSA. It is a little known office, but it's a huge office. It's called the Biometrics Consortium. Most people have never even heard of that, but it's owned by the NSA. They're the ones that have been through DARPA secretly funding all of these identification systems. When I stumbled upon that, and they're the government orchestrator through these all these other corporations, they're actually creating it all with government funding, and they've been doing so for many, many years. So again, the name of that NSA-owned corporation that's right at the same Fort Meade, Maryland headquarters is called the Biometrics Consortium. Google that and you'll be amazed. So we're watchmen on the wall. People need to get this information so they can share and witness and bring others to the Lord because the Lord says in Matthew 24 and elsewhere, he says, all these things will happen. Read Matthew 24, memorize that book. He says, but the last thing is, and this gospel shall be preached to all the world for a witness and then the end shall come. We're there, folks.
1: We certainly are. Tom, you write in Beast Tech that many of these biotech companies have demonic names.
3: I found that fully about 35% of the leading biometric companies out there right now are naming themselves after ancient deities. Proteus, of course, was a shapeshifter. But if you study the mythology around Proteus, he also had a talent. He could confuse the human mind. And if he took into a human form, he could mutate the living host. Very astonishing to me that these companies would be picking these names. But at a minimum, it might also imply that even if they themselves mean nothing negative by those names and titles, maybe there is something operating that they don't understand. Maybe there's a spiritual influence there that's been around for a very long time.
0: More on the burgeoning Beast Tech with Tom Horn and Terry Cook next time. The book, Beast Tech, and the DVD, Mark of the New World Order, are available today. Call 1-800-652-1144 and order both of these outstanding resources. Or order online, swrc.com. James Collins returns now to open the book of Jeremiah for a moment of prophecy.
1: The Bible says in Jeremiah 10, verses 19 through 21, Woe is me for my hurt. My wound is grievous. But I said, truly, this is a grief, and I must bear it. My tabernacle is spoiled, and all my cords are broken. My children are gone forth of me, and they are not. There is none to stretch forth my tent any more, and to set up my curtains, for the pastors are become brutish and have not sought the Lord. Therefore, they shall not prosper, and all their flocks shall be scattered. Can you feel the pain and anguish in the words of the prophet Jeremiah? The vision of the future that God gave Jeremiah greatly upset him. The Lord had raised Jeremiah up to warn and warn and warn again the people of Judah of God's judgment coming upon them. But they would not listen. Knowing what was to come burdened Jeremiah so much that he must have felt at times that he could bear no more. He loved his nation and the Jewish people. When they turned from God to their own evil, it brought Jeremiah physical torment. He saw the problem, knew its cause, and could do nothing about it other than call out the sin and pray for the people to heed the word of God. But sadly, they were so steeped in their wicked ways, they refused to believe anything would happen to them. Jeremiah's hurt was bone-crushing in its intensity. The wound felt like the ruthless slaughter of an innocent person. The affliction left him broken and ruined. Every aspect of his house, the house of Jerusalem, was broken and unrepairable. Whether his own children or those of his people, Jeremiah knew that the next generation was totally lost. They had not been taught to fear the Lord. They had gone their own way. Nothing and no one was left to reestablish a righteous household or the city itself. Those who had been charged with overseeing the moral and ethical lives of the people had become dull of hearing. Their hearts were consumed with useless, wicked activities because they'd forgotten the Lord their God. None of those who were supposed to guide into righteous living remained, having been dashed to pieces for their sins. Can you imagine Jeremiah's heartbreak? For those of us watching America as our society... And the culture itself crumbles all around us in these last days. Does it not break your heart? The United States was such a bright and shining city on a hill. God blessed our nation so abundantly because of how the hearts of our founders and many of the people over the years had been toward God. They loved the Lord and served Him. The Word of God went forth from our shores to other lands. We proclaimed the good news of Jesus Christ throughout the entire world. God's ways were instilled within the family and even the public arena, even in politics. Schools at one time helped children to walk in faith. Churches were places where people were saved through powerful preaching. Tragically, now there's just a remnant of that. It's true the Lord loves our country just as he loves the nation of Israel. But just like with his chosen people, when they turned from him to follow other gods, he had to punish them for their rejection of the truth. So right now, God is bringing judgment upon America. For those of us who read the Bible, it's evident that this had to happen. Since the United States does not appear in the end times narrative, something had to occur to bring us down. No longer are we a country with godly morals and values. Our leaders are corrupt beyond description. The houses of worship in this once great land have fallen into apostasy, following the ways of the world rather than those of God." Oh, sure, they retain some element of spirituality, but it has nothing to do with the righteousness and the holiness that leads people to the truth found only in Jesus Christ. It's the same with the American people. They are ignorant of the Lord because the generation before them neglected to teach them in the fear and reverence of God. Those who go to the vast majority of churches have no real concept of the person of Jesus Christ and who he is as the way, the truth, and the life. For all of this, does not your heart grieve just as Jeremiah's did? He saw his city and his nation coming to ruin. Despite all the warnings the prophet gave, it had to feel like a worthless effort. No one would heed his voice crying out to turn back to the only one who could save them. For those of us who continue to do the work of God, does it not feel hopeless at times? Yes, it's true. Little pockets of transformation crop up here and there. We certainly celebrate the recent Supreme Court decision overturning Roe v. Wade. We praise God that precious little babies will live However, the overwhelming tide is rushing toward the shore of darkness. But we knew these days would come. Scripture has plainly told us that perilous times would come. Knowing this, what are we to do? God has told us that a day is coming when he'll remove us from this planet. That that is our blessed hope. It's God's promise to which we cling. So should we just crawl in a bunker and wait for the rapture? No, no, not at all. As hard as it is, as disheartening as it is sometimes, we are to work while daylight still remains. God has placed each of us here in our particular places at this specific time to do something that we're supposed to do. If we neglect our God-given duty, how faithful are we? How trustworthy? Will we be the good and faithful servant who carries out his responsibilities while the master is absent? That's what God wants for you and me. When He returns, will He have found us diligent in our daily duties? I think we need to simultaneously look up as we await Jesus' return, but at the same time keep our hands on the plow and our eyes on the field ahead so that as we till, our rows are straight. Keep fighting against the evil in our country until Jesus comes again. Would God want any less of us? This is James Collins reminding you that the Bible says, The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God shall stand forever. Is the
0: Mark of the New World Order currently under development? Find out in the book, Beast Tech, and the DVD, Mark of the New World Order. Both the book and DVD by Tom Horn and Terry Cook are available right now. Call 1-800-652-1144 and order both of these outstanding resources. 1-800-652-1144 or order online, swrc.com. Tomorrow, more information about the beast tech that may already be here. Be sure to tune in on your favorite radio station or by subscribing to our daily Watchmen on the Wall podcast. Watchman on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and is supported by faithful listeners like you. Visit swrc.com